0: You don't realize this yet, but those three songs, Fear is not my future, be thou my vision, and oceans where my feet may fail, set up this message in this series so perfectly. Thank you. Those are awesome choices. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this time to gather. We thank you for the opportunity now that we have to look at who we are, what the church is called to be, who we're called to be as believers, and what it is that we have done with this world that you have given to us. And God, uh, talking about a pioneer spirit, both as people and as a church, maybe something's a little bit tough for some folks, God. So I pray that you would open our ears and our hearts and our minds to whatever it is that you have to say to us today, because, God, we want to be the people and the church that you have called and created us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So today we're going to begin an interesting series, interesting for me because of this. We're we're going to use the Bible as our as our base because we always do. But we're also going to use another book. It's called The Pioneer Spirit by a guy named Dutch Sheets. And I show you the book and let you know his name because I want to make sure that he gets full credit for the outline that we're going to be following for the next several weeks. He wrote the book, but boy, oh, boy, does it resonate with me. Now, before you go out and run and try to find it or try to buy one, they're basically sold out everywhere. Uh, It's, I think, easier to get your hands on a billion dollar winning lottery ticket than it is a copy of this little book. And as I said, that last service, I'm walking out and the guy goes, I got the last used one on Amazon. (laughs) Oh, come on. You should have shared. So there was one. So I will be following it. And I'm sorry that I can't have copies of you here to have and to read yourself. We're going to go a chapter a week as we move forward. And we're going to look at what the book has to say about us and what it has to say about the church that God has called us to be. But all of it is going to be rooted in God's word. My hope is that you understand our church a little better, how it is that our church is wired and why we are the way that we are. But also that you understand me and how I'm wired and where my passion really exists as a pastor. But in the midst of it all, you might be challenged to find yourself. You, You might be challenged with the word pioneer and settler, because that's what we're going to we're going to be looking at. And you may find that you are more of one of those thing than another. And that, that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. We're going to talk about that going through the series. My man, Quinn, do you get the joke? My man Quinn OK, first service got it better. You that was a little bit slow on the uptake there. My man, Quinn, is going to be our pioneer this guy's going to go on this journey with us, and he's going to be up here every Sunday. Because a book talks about the difference between pioneers and settlers. And it's a book about pioneers, but you can't really talk about pioneers without talking about their counterparts, and that's the people who come after them. And depending on your personality, you are likely a pioneer or a settler. And the more that we talk about this, it might start to make sense why you're drawn to certain places or people or ideas or careers because you're wired as a pioneer or you're wired as a settler. Because they're different does not mean that one of them is more important than the other. We're going to talk about the pioneer spirit because what I'm going to propose to you today is that we're, by a call from God, are a pioneer church. But don't think as one is better, one is worse. That, that's not the point at all. That would be a mistake. That would be like saying that, that the plumber is more important than the car mechanic. Kind of depends on the day, doesn't it? We need them both. Or that the, the business person is more important than the teacher. Really? How do you think the business person got their education? Jobs, careers, calls, all matter. They're all important. Every one of us, every one of them has a time and a place and a purpose. And your personality probably lines up not just with something that you do for a career, but it probably lines up more with a pioneer or a settler spirit. Years ago, we did a series of ads on the radio and uh, we went to meet with the people at the radio station and the The ad guy was really good. He sat our team down and he wanted to get to know our culture and who we were and kind of how we had gotten to where we were and where we were hoping to go. And what came of it as a result was a series of really good ads where he had people do testimonies and it worked out really, really well. But in trying to get to know us, he asked our group. There was four or five of us. He said, where do you see yourselves on the ladder that is churches in our area? And I understood what he was asking, as did the group. He was asking, where do you see yourselves in the midst of the competition? And those guys did a fantastic job describing the heart of who we are. And he got to me, and I was surprised by what fell out of my mouth. Because what fell out of my mouth wasn't what I had planned at all. But what I said is, well, we're not on a ladder with the other churches. God called us to build our own ladder. And I realized back then... That I was a little bit of a pioneer pastor. And maybe that was part of the problem that that I'd had is that we were a pioneer church. And I had struggled in churches that were more settler churches. And that just wasn't really my passion. It wasn't who I am. It turns out that we're in good and ancient company. Jesus was the ultimate pioneer. I'm going to give you a heads up. Our Resurrection Sunday message this year is going to be about Jesus God's ultimate pioneer. Because what a pioneer does is, is travels that road that nobody ever has to make way and to make room and a path for those who follow. But one of the things you need to know is whether you're a person or a church. Being a pioneer isn't always well-loved. It isn't always accepted. is isn't always understood. But you know, once you realize what you are, you have to be faithful to who God created you to be. Twice in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews uh, 2.10 and 12.2, Jesus is referred to, and depending on your translation, it might be the author, the founder, or the pioneer of our faith. The Bible talks about Jesus as the pioneer of our faith because Jesus did what no one before him had done, and that was to create a way to, to walk a road that leads all of us, all of humankind, back to God. For us today, those early days of Christianity, we don't really understand them because when Jesus showed up, he took the Jewish faith, the Jewish tradition, didn't change God, but he turned everything upside down. There was days when, when people saw their lives transformed. They were healed, they were saved, they were loved like never before in any church anywhere. These were days that shook the Roman government to their core and rocked the very foundations of the Jewish faith. One man talking about a narrow road back to God. Because Jesus says that the way to God is a narrow path. It's not a wide road the way that we're told in our world. In our world we say there's a million ways to God and that just isn't true. The narrow path is still the only way to God. It is that old road that leads us back to our creator. There was a guy who did a lot of writing and speaking a, a number of years ago. His name was Leonard Sweet. He was a theologian, a college professor, chair of the religion department at Duke University. And he wrote a book and he went and did a lot of, of speaking on the ancient future of the Christian church. church. And in it, he used an example of a, a, person, a kid in a swing. And that in order to go forward on a swing, you have to push backwards first. You can't really start and get very far by pushing forward. And he said, as Christians, as we go forward, as time marches on, we are going to have to get better and better at reaching back into the ancient traditions of our faith, the ancient truth of our faith, in order for us to be able to go forward. Jesus was the ultimate pioneer. There are pioneer people just like there are pioneer churches. And there are settler people just like there are settler churches. The world needs both. And I'm not trying to say in any way, shape, or form that being a pioneer is being better than a settler because the world needs both kinds of people and both kinds of churches. But it is important to know which one you are. It is important to know what kind of a church you are. And the Open Door Christian Church was founded as a pioneer movement. We're explorers. We're creative We're bold, we're adventurous. Ask anybody who was on the team, ask any of our elders. We're willing to challenge what the world says is normal because we know that what is normal to God is not normal to this world. And we want God's normal, not the world's normal. Fourteen years ago, we launched this church. And the first thing they did was to write all the paperwork that they had to do for the state to become a church. And then it went about the task of their founding pastor and they went back to that guy that had been doing the Bible study for them for months. And at that point, I was burned out. I was burned out by the institutional church that didn't seem to want me at all. I was tired of good enough Christianity I I was exhausted by business plans and budgets and writing reports and five-hour church council meetings that didn't seem to accomplish anything or, or very little to grow the kingdom of God, and yet they called me as the first pastor anyway. And Harlow, who was the driving force behind my saying yes, when he said, cast a vision that's going to become this church. What are we going to be? What's it going to become? He completely captured me with this question. His question was this. Doesn't God deserve more from us? Doesn't doesn't God deserve more than what the church of today is giving him? We're hardly a shadow of the New Testament church. Yes, Harlow, I said, God deserves better. And then he said, then let's do it. Let's be a biblical church. Let's give God more of what he deserves. In fact, God deserves the very best of all that we have because all that we have is a gift from God. He is worthy of us being all in for the cross of Christ. And yet in America today, we have made being a Christian one of the most boring things in the world. And yet it's not. In so many ways, the American church of today is as weighed down with rules and laws and expectations and religious demands as the people who are a part of the Jewish faith in Jesus' time. Going to church often has little to do with seeking God. It has all to do with being seen. But God is worthy of so much more than that. God is worthy of so much more than a business plan and a budget and good enough kind of thinking like that'll do or that's the way we've always done it. God is worthy of men and women who are willing to be pioneers in a world of comfortable settlers. What does that mean for us? What does it mean for you? It means that living as an authentic Christian is not being a part of the cultural Christianity crowd. Because other people claim to be Christians, and they say this or that or the other is all okay, God doesn't mind, doesn't mean it's true. Doesn't mean that God doesn't mind. Being a pioneer church and a pioneer Christian means that we live as authentic Christians to the best of our ability, not to please the Christian crowd around us, but to please God. Instead of looking, looking for what's popular, we should look for what's proven. Proven. What's historically proven through God's word and through God at work in history? We don't follow the examples and the demands of this fallen world or put our hope in the promises, and I put that in air quotes, of the latest batch of better than the other choice politicians. We don't seek to be popular or liked. We seek to be faithful. Christians who are called to lead by example, to follow God's narrow path and take as many people on this journey as we can. A pioneer takes the lead, explores the route, knows where they're going, and they do what others are not willing to do. They prepare a road for others to follow. And Christian pioneers know that there's not a million ways to heaven the way the world tells us today. Christian pioneers know that there's one way to heaven, and that's a narrow path, and that's Jesus and Jesus alone. And so in 14 years of being open door Christian church, our mission, our vision, and our call from God have not changed. We have not wavered. People have complained. People have challenged. People have tried to change us. They have unsuccessfully tried to strong arm me and our leaders through the years into becoming the church that they want or that they're comfortable with. Or more often, just like the church that they just left that they didn't like. Sorry, but we're going to be the church that God called us to be. And God has called us to be a pioneer church. So how awesome is it that a section of that old road, the ox cart trail, that those pioneers, the early pioneers went from the east coast of the U.S. exploring the west that that people hadn't seen here before. Nobody from the East Coast had gone west and understood any of it. And and they made these little trails. And first of all, it was just two ruts in the road. And before you know it, a few hundred years later, there's I-94. And yet we've got a section of the ox cart trail that runs through our property. God has been at work with pioneers for hundreds of years on this ground. God is at work in the world. And God is at work in this place. So if you found a home here at Open Door, you're likely a pioneer in some way yourself. Maybe you're somebody who would rather create than to follow. You're the first one to volunteer to try something new, even if the result isn't guaranteed. You look for change, and if it doesn't happen, you initiate change because you know that change always happens. And either you create change or you react to change. You look for a better or more efficient way of doing things. The way that it's always been done is not a comfortable phrase for you. It's a challenge phrase. You're not afraid of failing. In fact, you've learned through failure that some of the greatest growth comes from your willingness to try and to fail. You have the spirit of a warrior in you and people around you may not understand it. You want your work and your life to count for something more than just money or a big portfolio. You'd rather make a difference than to make it big, to be meaningful. You you live with the willingness to die trying rather than living trying not to die. You realize that the drummer that beats the tune to the song that you hear in your head It's completely different to the drummer and the song and what seems to be everybody else around you. And that's okay because you've learned to be comfortable with it. See, Because a pioneer will never be content settling. It's just not how you were created. It's not who you are. This isn't going to come as a surprise to you, but it might strike you as a little controversial. If you think about it, it's true. America today is in desperate need of Christian pioneers. This nation was founded by pioneers. We were built by pioneers. We were grown and handed greatness by pioneers. Men and women who just wouldn't take no for an answer and were willing to literally put their lives on the line for the cause. But we have become a weak nation of settlers. A nation of people who are so comfortable just maintaining what we have and trying to grab on to a little bit more for free. We're so comfortable that we worry about and fight about and demand the kinds of things that people who have had the good life handed them and they fill their thinking with things that only serve to make them more comfortable and more entitled. We read self-help books rather than giving the whole of our lives over to God to transform us. We've lost our pioneering spirit and we've replaced it with a selfish foolishness. That not only says that we don't need God, that we're good enough on our own. We're just fine the way that we are. But now people are literally driving God and godly ideals out of every facet of life in this country. The idea of America died when godly ideals were replaced with selfish ideas and demands. And the pioneers became unpopular. This has nothing to do with politics. And if that's all that you hear, that's part of our problem in America today. See, if God isn't first in our lives and in our thoughts and, yes, even in our votes, then God isn't our highest priority. Americans, and and as a result, America, we've lost our way. Most of us would agree with that. We've left the pioneer trail, the, the narrow road that is marked with the basic principles that has made us the greatest nation on earth. Things like expecting truth and integrity and honesty in our politicians personal and corporate responsibility, self-discipline, biblical ethics and morality, personal accountability, the very foundations on which the founding fathers built this nation. Much of America has abandoned them in the name of personal choice and selfish preference. But all hope isn't lost. Because God does what God always does. God has maintained a remnant. God always maintains a remnant. Whatever church it is, whatever denomination it is, where Christians gather, God maintains a remnant that is faithful to him and faithful to the bride of Christ. The Bible talks about the faithful remnant. In 1918, when Elijah ran away, despite God showing his incredible power, Elijah ran away and complained that he was the only one left that served God. And he said, no, Elijah, I've reserved thousands of others who do. In Isaiah 1, nine, where God says He has preserved a small remnant. In Hebrews 11.5, the same thing. That remnant today exists in families and homes. It exists in Bible teaching and Bible believing churches. But that faithful remnant can no longer afford to be silent in the face of the evil that surrounds us. Because the enemy of God is at work. The enemy of God is not trying to hide. The enemy of God has become bold. And those of us who are faithful Christians have to stand tall. In this most important and history-defining election year of ever in our history of this country, it is the people who are the body of Christ Who should be leading America back to its foundations, to our roots, to the old road and our faith in Christ. That is why the enemy is trying to silence us. If we in the church get caught up in partisan politics, if you choose a party and a candidate, but you like, that you like them, but they don't stand for Christian values, they don't stand for godly values in their lives and in office and in their votes, We become contributors to whatever happens as a result of those important votes. See, the old road to God existed long before there was Democrats and Republicans. It existed before billions of U.S. dollars poured into the Ukraine and millions of people flooded across our southern border. See, that's the stuff they want us to think about. It's better that we're distracted about what we see as the problems than we're focused on the solution, which is Jesus. The old road is still the only road. And here we'll continue to teach it, to preach it, and to proudly proclaim it. Christians are all that stands in the way of the compromises, that thing that they call science today, and the spirit of false religion that's overtaken our country, just like it had overtaken the Jewish faith 2,000 years ago. See, but God isn't done with us. God is still at work in our country, in our churches in our families, and in our lives. Dutch Sheet says that God is sending a spiritual awakening and a powerful invitation to the people of our country and to our church. I'm going to quote him here. This is what he says in the book. He said, I invite you to join me. This is God speaking now in Dutch's mind. Leave the safety and boredom of tame, anemic, organized religion. Leave the shallow life lived by the average, narcissistic, self-loving Christian in America. Yes, that's a horrible indictment, but you know people for whom it's true. Leave the fear of death and loss and the unknown. Follow me back to what I birthed 2,000 years ago. Radical, world-changing, miracle-working, fearless, love-not-their-lives-unto-death-passionate-warrior-pioneers. Heaven is waiting for us to answer this call and to begin the pioneer journey. Come on, he says. Let's go. Fourteen and a half years ago, a group of us got together and said, we're going to go, but we're not even sure where it's going to be, but God, we know we're following you. We didn't know if we'd be surviving until Christmas that year. The open door was called into being by God to be a pioneering church in this area. And we're not the only church like us. We're not God has called into existence in America a lot of other churches like us, but we're not like other churches, and that's by God's design. Because of that, we're not for everybody. I've heard plenty of talk about, you know what the open door? you know what you guys problem is? All you do is talk about salvation. Well, we're a Christian church, that's a pretty important thing. Isn't that the point? You put too much emphasis on the Holy Spirit. Really? What good do you plan to do in life without the Holy Spirit? I've kind of heard it all at this point. I've heard we've been been told by people, even some who have attended church here, we've got too much space, too much land, too big a vision. That's okay with me. I don't expect a comfortable, settler Christian to understand or accept what God is doing in this place. But don't waste your time telling me that we're wrong. It might not be for you, but it's not wrong for us. See, we're absolutely right for what God has called us to be. We do some things differently from a lot of other churches because we're not called to be just like other churches. We were called to be us. And while we may not be right for everyone, we are right on the money for God's call on who we are to be. God has called us from the very beginning to reach back to the ancient days of the early Christian church, which is where our three things come from, the Bible, prayer, and worship. We reach back to the old road of biblical teaching, worship and prayer, lived out in a way that shows our world exactly what we stand for. That we're going to love Jesus and love people and teach people to love Jesus. That, after all, is the great commission that's found in Matthew. If you go to Matthew 28, verse 19, this is Jesus speaking. This is his marching orders for every church gathering, every group of Christians, every church that would ever be planted until the job is accomplished. Jesus says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That is the marching order for all of us as disciples, all of us as churches, and all of us as pioneers. That simple command is ancient but it's as relevant today as the day that Jesus spoke it because we have not concluded the job. And I hope that you'll join me in this pioneering journey that lies ahead. We're 14 and a half years in, and we've got all of eternity before us. Yes, we're a little bit different. Over the coming weeks, you're going to find out more and more of why. But there's no place on earth and no group of people that I'd rather be with than right here, right now, in this place, on this pioneer journey that God has put us on. Let's pray. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you're doing. Even, God, when it doesn't make sense to us or to other people. Thank you that we've got your word to fall back on and to touch base and to check ourselves to make sure that we're staying obedient with what we see in your word. God, we don't want to be different for the sake of being different. We want to be faithful to who you've called us to be. We don't want to be examples of this world's normal. We want to be examples of what's normal to you. And God, what you call us to do is to love you most of all, to love Jesus. To love other people the way that we love ourselves. And to teach people, to disciple people in how to love Jesus. God, help us to do that. Help us to follow this ancient and narrow path, the old road, that you created to lead people back to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in the spirit of us being pioneers, we're going to try something new on February 17th, Maker's Market. Uh, care ministry is behind it. It's going to be at North 40. Uh, it's a Saturday. There's going to be a lunch involved. And part of the money, the money that's going to get raised is going to go to a new mission ministry, Feed the Need. February 17th, more information online or in the handouts that you get. Love to see you there. Tomorrow night, if you're interested in being a pioneer at the Open Door Christian Church, we're going to have our second come and see class uh, get together to just find out, uh, meet some of our staff team. And our, some of our elders hear about our history, how did we get here, where are we, where are we going, kind of what are the plans for the new building. Tomorrow night at 6 o'clock, And then we'll have a new member welcome in February. I'm going to leave you with this. If you want to do something really radical, really out of the box, really pioneer crazy, something that is not world normal but is God normal, go out this week and love Jesus publicly, love people even if they're unlovable. And try to help somebody, try to teach somebody to love Jesus. Could be the most, single most high impact thing you could ever do in somebody's life. Thanks for coming today, folks. Online, everybody, thank you for watching us. One more song before you go. Have an awesome week.